why does she take the train instead of flying? She's been afraid to fly since her harrowing incident. Oh, dear. Did a plane almost crash? No, no. She was bumped from first class. She still wakes up screaming. So think of people in your life. That's from Fraser. That's Niles, obviously. Think in your life of people who have phobias, maybe family members, maybe even yourself, and how that affects your own life. You know, I can't go out. There are bugs outside. Or I'm afraid of heights. I can't go over that bridge. Or you name it. I can't get on that plane. I can't go on the family vacation. You wonder if there's a second motive, uh, an ulterior motive there. Um, so that's one problem. Another problem that this cute little clip brings out is that some people are just very high maintenance. And if you're living with a high maintenance spouse, a husband or a wife or a partner, or if you're, you've got kids that are very high maintenance, you've got to come up with a strategy to deal with them. So that's what, those are some of the many things that you can call me about. I'm Dr. Ellen Kenner. I'm a clinical psychologist. My show is The rational basis of happiness and you can pick up the phone right now and call me at toll free one eight seven seven D R K E N N E R. That's toll free one eight seven seven Dr. Kenner D R K E N N E R. And you can ask me any question that you would ask a counselor or psychologist. You know, what's going on with my elderly parents? How do I cope with them? How do I deal with my coworker? Or what do I do with my kids? Those are the types of things we talk about. So here's one situation. I got a, a question from Mary. Dear Dr. Kenner, this is the situation. I've lived with my husband for five years before we married. We've been married for five years and are both in our early 30s. I met him at a nightclub he, by accident. He's a great father and an excellent husband. My problem is I am not in love with him. I do not find his looks attractive. He's handsome, but he's not my type. I'm in love with him. I, I love him, but I am not in love with him. <laughs> That's obviously a contradiction. So people mean very different things when they refer to that, when they make that statement. I tried to break off our relationship years ago, but I had three children from a pre previous relationship, and he was a good man, and he helped me out with the kids. My mom told me that I need to learn to love him because he's a good man, so that's what I did. I don't love him the way he loves me, and I need to know what to do. We now have five children, and since then, my mother has passed away, and I'm ready to just be happy. What do I do, Mary? So here's what I'm hearing in your question, Mary. You're telling me that you had three kids. You met a nice guy at a nightclub. He was good to you, catered to you, catered to the kids. So what do you do? You marry him. But there's one crucial missing piece you know he's not the one. He doesn't know he's not the one, but you know he's not the one. He's a good guy, You've, but you're not attracted to his looks. And my guess is that there are aspects of his character that you don't like too. So, but you used him. You used him to help you out with your kids. And you tried to break off the relationship because the contradiction got too much for you years ago. But you got pressure for your mo from mom who said, you got to love him more. You buckled under, now fast forward, you're married, five years, two more kids, with two, five total kids, two with him, and now you're feeling trapped and resentful. Mom's died, and you want out of the marriage. So it's very difficult to raise kids. I have empathy with you there. Uh, to raise three kids alone, it's very tough. But it's even harder, Mary, when you invite a nice guy into your life and then you try to fake a love that you don't feel. 
you know he's not your soulmate and you don't like his looks. If my husband didn't like my looks, I would not want to be married to him, even though he's a dynamite guy. I don't want him to wake up every morning to look at me and to say, privately, he wouldn't say it to me, ooh, I don't want to be with her. I mean, think of what our sex life would be like. So you're trying to live a lie. That puts pressure on you and your husband and your kids who are not dumb. That They can feel the tension between you. So the question you can ask yourself is, could you come to love him more and be more attracted to him physically? That's the question mom asked, and you didn't like it. So you can ask yourself, what undermines your feelings of emotional intimacy with him? I'm hearing that you sound more motivated to leave the relationship rather than to try to rescue it. If you wanted to rescue it, I would recommend Passionate Marriage by David Schnark. Um, if you don't want to rescue it, you've already made up your mind, you just want to leave, then be very careful going forward because you don't want to make the same mistake you made in the past. You knew you weren't attracted to him in a soulmate sense or physically, but you didn't think longer range of how this would pan out for yourself over the years and how it would pan out for your kids. So if you plan to leave, Think it through carefully. Think of the consequences long range so that you can work to minimize them now. There are always going to be consequences. You say you want to be happy, but if you just up and leave, you're going to be dealing with complex responses from your five kids. And they're not going to be beautiful. There'll be anger, sadness, guilt, frustration, fear. So you want to think it through on all levels, financially, emotionally, and with each of your children's response to the fact of a possible divorce and to the way you leave the marriage. So I would recommend therapy for you because if you end up with troubled kids, you're not going to have personal bliss in another relationship. So get some help to think about this. Also ask yourself, what's really going on in your life? Are you attracted to someone else? Are you someone who doesn't speak your mind openly so that you've harbored resentments for years? Are you unhappy with yourself, Mary? And just hoping that a man will help improve your self-esteem. Maybe your husband's such a good guy that by contrast you feel like you're not so good. That's a self-esteem issue. So I feel very badly for your husband. It's hard to live with someone who only feels lukewarm about you. And my guess is I, I suspect he feels used and trapped, that he senses this on some level and is desperately trying to hold on to you. So I'm not going to give you the same advice as mom. I'll tell you that you can leave, but be but do a lot of careful thinking before you leave and work with each of your children Maybe get them in counseling to prevent problems. And I know there's a wonderful book on divorce, um, helping your ch children through your your child through your divorce on my website, drkenner.com. So I hope that helps, um, and I hope that helps prevent you from making the same mistake all over again. I'm Dr. Ellen Kenner, and the show's The Rational Basis of Happiness. And I want to share with you an incident the other night. My husband and I love ballroom dancing, and we go to dances maybe twice a month and at the dances there's something called a foxtrot stroll foxtrot's a ballroom dance and it, it, this is a mixer dance all the men get on one side of the room all the women line up on the other side of the room and you're in lines and then at the front of the room the men and the women meet 
and then you travel down the center of the room with whatever partner you get. You get potluck here. Sometimes I get the dance instructors and it's wonderful or a fabulous dancer. Sometimes I get someone who says, I don't know how to dance. Let me tell you who I got the other night. In the Foxtrot Stroll, I get to the front of the line and it's a brand new person. It's an old man, uh, a little disheveled in his suit jacket. It looks many years old. And, well, you know, sometimes these people surprise you. They're very good dancers. So I never met him. And I get in his arms and he says to me, what's your name? Where are you from? I'm from the hill. <laughs> and I go, okay. And then he's, he doesn't move, though. This is the odd thing. When you dance, it, it progresses down the floor. He's staying right at the front of the line. And in a very low, grovelly voice with his blubbery lips, he looks at me straight in the eyes. You know, I can smell his breath. And he says, want to join my mob? And I said, what did you say? And he said, want to join my mob. I said, what do you mean? He said, gangsters, mob. And I thought, this has got to be a joke. But it wasn't a joke. So I'm thinking, this is one of the oddest pickup lines I have ever, ever heard. And so, um, obviously, I didn't, I actually didn't talk much. I just tried to pull him down to the floor so I could dump him. <laughs> so this is Dr. Ellen Kenner on the Rational Basis of Happiness coming up your calls. Here's an excerpt from The Selfish Path to Romance by clinical psychologist Dr. Ellen Kenner. One way to cherish your partner is to be reasonably generous with your time. Cook a special meal, make your partner a romantic card, write a tender email that expresses your love accurately, or take the kids for the day and let your partner have the day off. You might also offer to run errands or do chores if your partner's busy with a work project. Generosity sometimes involves sharing one's belongings. There may be particular objects you don't want to share, such as a toothbrush or comb, but there may be many things you can share with pleasure, such as favorite cookbooks or clothes, sweaters, t-shirts, caps, cars, food, laptop computers, and cameras. Of course, partners shouldn't take unfair advantage of one another by monopolizing something the other person needs, such as a computer. You can download Chapter 1 for free by going to drkenner.com, and you can buy the book at amazon.com.